Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Network of Podcasts. And thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. As always, we are free and available on all audio platforms and on YouTube. Uh, my name is Nick Bondi. I'm joined as always by my brilliant co-host, Lachlan Irvin. Lachlan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We're, uh, we, you know, you got, we've got our gut, the two stars signed. We're figuring out what the final roster is going to look like. And, uh, we're, we're marching through into the, the second half of the preseason, which means we're only a little over a week away from, from games that actually count. And that's, that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the games to start to actually count because, you know, you can, you can glean a lot into, into preseason action, but at, at some point, it starts to get repetitive and maybe not the best way to intro a Canucks podcast where we're going to be talking about the preseason, but you know what? Like it, you can learn a lot from preseason action. And I think it today is a, is a good day to grade the first half of Canucks preseason. Uh, so far they have two wins, two losses, also one fake shootout victory. So also I would almost say they're three and two. I would count that fake shootout victory as a win. If yeah, I'm the bank two, for Canucks. sure. Three, totally, totally three. counts. Totally counts. It's totally legitimate. They're two, two, and one. Uh, Lachlan, where do you think the Vancouver Canucks have had success this preseason, and where do you think they've maybe struggled? I think for in the success category, I think we've seen a little bit more out of the idea of forwards being able to step up, like from uh, throughout your lineup. I think you've seen a. Li- I think we've seen that the Canucks forward depth is definitely. Uh, looking a little bit sharper, a little bit better, and that goes from an organizational standpoint too. Not just like even the preseason games that are focused more with AHL guys, you're seeing a lot of them step in and make big plays and uh, get in, get in on the action. Um, I think uh, the newcomers for the Canucks was uh, specifically uh, the ones from Arizona, Connor Garland and uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, have both been very, very good to start the to in these in the early preseason games, and I think that uh, your goaltending is still looking as solid as ever. And that's another organizational depth thing where it's uh, Demko's uh, looked good in the one game he's got. Halak, I think, in his debut looked pretty decent. And uh, Mikey DiPietro looks like he hasn't skipped a beat, even though he missed he mi- he only played one game all of last year. And, uh, and uh, of course, Arter still loves and uh, is looking pretty good in his own right. So I think in those places, they've really done they've done well. Obviously, the struggling spot is the defense, uh, specifically on that right side, and just how uh, it just how like desperately weak it looks. Like the, a lot of us were banking on Luke Shen really making uh, like an impact, which already puts you in a bad spot because again, he's not supposed to be playing 82 games a year on a on a well on a well built team. So so now that he's not doing so well and you still haven't gotten back uh any information about well uh any any news on Travis Hamonick's return it's uh it's looking very it's looking very suspect on that on that right side and it, and uh they haven't really been able to step up and uh improve that at any point so far. Um what about for you where are you seeing the success and the the struggles so far it's it's a lot of the same i think the success the canucks have had in this preseason is with that four depth i i I think the vancouver canucks this season are going to have a top nine that is very much interchangeable i think the vancouver canucks this season and you can say this maybe the only team you can really say in the pacific vision that's going to have the same amount of forward depth that i think is the the vegas golden knights who uh, are the proverbial favorites to to win this division in the regular season 
the Vancouver Canucks have a top nine this season. That's very interchangeable. Mix and match whatever lines you want. You know, we obviously have preferred line combinations. I'd like to see the Vancouver Canucks go back to a lot of line for the first line because I know that works. But other than that, they're going to have a, a top nine that's very, very interchangeable. And that's that's really nice to see. Uh, and, and it's the same on the defense where they struggle. I mean, especially that right side. I, I still can't get over Luke Shen just absolutely getting roasted by the Calgary Flames in that one preseason game. Again, it's just preseason. But like you said, if if the Vancouver Canucks are going to have to rely on Luke Shen to play top four minutes, you're in for a world of hurt. And that's something you don't really, you don't want to have happen for the Vancouver Canucks. Obviously, with Travis Hamanick, may not playing. It sounds like at this point, he's not going to start the regular season. And it's not really clear what he's waiting for. A lot of rumors out there, it's vaccine-related. But if he doesn't come back for the start of the regular season, it's going to be very, very patchwork uh, right side of the defense. And there's questions now, who's going to play with Quinn Hughes? Because I think OEL and uh, Tucker Pullman are a locked in second pairing. I think, you know, they've played together in the preseason. It's clear that the coaching staff wants them to play together. But in terms of who's going to play right side with Quinn Hughes, uh, that that that's a totally up in the air question. And they're not playing, obviously, Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson aren't going to, uh, play tonight against the uh, the Vegas, sorry, the Seattle Kraken. But it's going to be interesting to see who they uh, pair with once they get into some preseason action. Yeah, for sure. I think with Hughes, especially, I think the I think right now the uh, the guy with the inside track is uh, it's probably somebody like say maybe like Brad Hunt, who's looked pretty good in the <laughs> early going so far. He's looked uh, maybe good, but you don't want that guy the- playing top pair minutes. No, that's true. It might be Brad Hunt. The other guy is Tyler Myers. I think we're probably going to see a lot of Tyler Myers and Quinn Hughes to start the year as a group uh, because, again, there's not – you know, you mentioned Pullman and OEL. I think Rathbone is going to get thrown in with – it's either going to be – you know, it's either going to be Hunt or Shen uh, with him probably there. And, and, uh, yeah, I think Tyler Myers probably ends up right in 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 that top spot, you know, the way he did last year, eating up a lot of minutes, playing like 20 plus minutes a night. Uh, getting getting opportunities on uh, your penalty kill, and um, and then and playing with and playing with Hughes in that regard, it's not the best fit clearly, but uh, it, you kind of just have to make do with what you got because there's no one else coming. Yeah, and I think that's another area the Canucks have uh, have struggled in is the penalty kill. Not that they've had bad results on the penalty kill, but we don't have any uh, resolution in terms of who's going to be reliable penalty killers for this team going into the regular season, right? Like, I think someone like uh, G. Giuseppe has a, a lock on the roster spot at this point because he does kill penalties. And if, if he doesn't didn't kill penalties, he probably wouldn't be on the team. And that's another big question that I don't think has been resolved uh, so far in this preseason is who are going to be the penalty killers for this team? Yeah, the penalty killers are... A mixed bag, obviously, last because last year your main unit was Tyler Mott, uh, I believe, uh, Jay Beagle, uh, Brandon Sutter, and I want to say it was also Tyler Myers in there for a lot of that point. Uh, right now, one of the only one of those guys is here, so you've got to find somebody else who can kind of serve serve in that spot. Di Giuseppe is, like you mentioned, is a guy that's probably going to get a, a good look there. I think Matthew Highmore, even though he's had a pretty mediocre. Uh, preseason is probably going to be in the running there as well uh, because he kills penalties because he kills a lot of penalties. I think you might see Justin Dowling kind of getting his, getting uh, a, a chance there. 
the interesting thing to, to see will be with uh, Jonah Gadjevich. Uh, he's obviously not a guy that's killed penalties a lot in the AHL level. He's never really been utilized that way. He's going right to have to learn to kill penalties if he wants to make this team or be an NHLer in the future, I think. That's pretty yeah, clear. Yeah. Either he's going to have to, uh, what either he has to learn or it's the coaching staff has to give him the shot to try it because so far, I don't know if it's necessarily, it seems sometimes like it's a case of they just haven't tried him on the PK. Uh, cause you know, in the preseason is the perfect opportunity. There have been penalty kills for them to give him a look and see what he can do there. And he just hasn't gotten them yet, but I think he could. I think he could do it if you give him the opportunity. I think he'd find a way to at least be a serviceable enough penalty killer guy, at least for say your second unit, uh, so that you could warrant uh, warrant keeping him up and playing him on your in your in your fourth line. Yeah, and in terms of the goaltending, I think you know it hasn't the, the pecking order hasn't changed much in terms of the Canucks goaltending so far in the preseason. Thatcher Demko is going to be the starter. Uh, Yar Holak is going to be the backup and Deep Petro is going to be the starter in the AHL, right? Like, I don't think they, there's been any change in that. No, there is no change. The, the goaltending situation is pretty set in stone. It is very much a case of you're going to see Demko get as many games as he needs. Holak is going to take what's left and potentially depending on how well DPH forces uh, their hand later in the year. Uh, they might consider they might try and move Halak elsewhere, uh, depending on what his uh this the uh structure of his no trade is no move or no trade clause on his contract is for this year. Um I I I don't I don't think there's any rush to bring DPHO up just to be a backup necessarily. I think it is more than fine to just give him his opportunity, especially after last year where he only got a few where he only got one game, I think, or maybe two at the AHL level. Um and and let Halak just and let Halak take this year. It's it's better right now to just get DPHO's his reps in, and he's going to get a whole lot more of them as the starting goalie for the Abbotsford team than he is for than he is as a backup for Vancouver. So right now, there's no rush with your goaltending. Uh, if it, 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 if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So Lachlan, I'm going to ask you a classic podcasting question. Why don't you grade the Vancouver Canucks preseason for me? Letter grades, like well, in school. A, a to letter F. grades like in school. Okay. Uh, letter grades like in school. So if I'm going based off the fact that they've won a couple games, they've won the two, the two games that they've won have been against teams icing a little bit more of a, of an AHL lineup. And the two games that they've lost have been games where they had an AHL lineup, more or less AHL lineup going up against a pure NHL team. I think with that in mind, I'm willing to give them say a B. I think I can give them a B on that. I think the, Obviously, I'm not going to give them full marks for, you know, winning games against like having their best players being able to beat AHL teams. That's the that's the expectation. Yeah, that's Um, a bare minimum. Yeah, but that's a bare minimum. I'm where I'm the reason why I'm bumping it up from, say, like a C plus, like right at that average line to up to the B is I think that even in the games where they were playing with a less than like a less than caliber roster. I think they held their own pretty well. The Calgary game wasn't their best. I I will and that is they do, they lost points there for sure, but the Seattle game I think they did they did pretty okay. I think B is a fair estimate particularly from what we've seen from individual players when you factor those in as well. Uh they've done overall pretty decently. What about what about you? Yeah, I'd give them a B as well. I think, you know, a lot of it's been an average preseason in the sense that 
the the strength of this team that we knew going in the forward group has done well the defense which we knew would be an achilles heel especially on that right side hasn't performed up to up to standards and just just from that it's been a, a preseason where we haven't had a, a answers to any well those answers have been what we've expected so i would have to give them a b as well they've done fine and you know i guess we can ask this question right before uh right before the start of the regular season or right after the end of the preseason because that could change with these uh these next couple of games and we're going to get into the Canucks uh, Seattle Kraken preseason game a little bit of a preview to end the show we're going to talk about the our most impressive and disappointing Vancouver Canucks so far this preseason next but before we do that I want to talk to you about direct TV does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live and it lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching your sports highlights on your phone you've got your neighbors best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible race required. Content varies by package. Hey, Canucks fans. This is Lachlan Irvin with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just by downloading the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and using the promo code HOCKEY to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside by downloading the app and using the promo code hockey to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there is no catch the cash gets added right back into your bank account you can cash out at any time to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just by going and downloading the free GetUpside app and using the promo code HOCKEY to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code HOCKEY. All right, we are back. Thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. Okay, so what have been your most impressive and disappointing Vancouver Canucks this preseason? Lachlan, I'll go first. Uh, my most impressive Canuck for me has been Connor Garland. Uh, we mentioned it on a previous episode of Lockdown Canucks, which you can listen to, that I think Connor Garland is going to be quickly, and I think he already has become, uh, a fan favorite here in Vancouver. Smaller guy, diminutive guy, plays above his height and weight. He's got the skill, got the tenacity, got the grit. He's shown, you know, a, a good shot, a, a nose for the net. I think he's been he's going to be a great addition to the Vancouver Canucks, and I think he's penciled himself in for a top six role. Uh, his other line mates to be determined, but I think he'll be either the first line, maybe even, or, or second line right wing for the Canucks, at least to start the season based on the preseason so far. I mean, my most disappointing, honestly, it has to be Vasily Podkolzin. I mean, he's shown the, the two-way caliber, but he hasn't really shown the offensive side. He's had a couple of good defensive showings, but he has not been the, the two-way dynamo that I was expecting, I think, to start the uh, the preseason. And you know what? Fair enough. Coming over, I, I'm sure it's t t tough coming over, learning a new language, totally different culture than 
what he's used to definitely in Russia. So the silly pod Colson has probably been the most disappointing for me, not because he's had a necessarily terrible preseason and he shouldn't be on the Vancouver Canucks to start the season. I saw someone on Twitter saying they should send him down to the AHL to start the season. Hell no, that's not happening. He should be, he is an NHL caliber player. I just think the expectations coming in for Vasily Podkolzin were too high. And maybe that's my fault because I saw the clips online. I thought he was going to be a great addition, but Vasily Podkolzin has been the most disappointing, I think, for me. Connor Garland, the most impressive. What about you, Lachlan? So for me, I'm going to go a little bit more uh, lower on the board. I also would, I think I also would have picked uh, Connor Garland had I not known. Had I not known you were, you can still say it. You can still say it. I will say Garland has been very impressive, but I want just for just for interest uh, interest sake, I will say that I chose Will Lockwood. That's another good shout. That's another good shout. Quite a few. I think he has played quite well in the games that he's gotten. I think he has been making the most of his opportunities. He's been uh, he's been contribute he's been putting a good effort in uh in the offensive end he's been throwing big hits he's been making plays he's been getting opportunities i believe on the power play he's been looking he's been looking like a guy who warrants a longer look specifically against nhl competition i'm also going to throw jack rathbone in there uh he struggled a little bit in the last game specifically just with like puck control stuff and uh just having a little bit of a a little bit of a tr- of a tougher night but overall, he's looked really, really good. He's a bona fide NHL defenseman, in my opinion. And I think, and I, and he's going to play tonight uh, against the Kraken again. His fifth, he's going to have played in all five preseason games so far. Um, so it bodes well for him that he's probably going to end up making this team. Um, my least impressive went to uh, Zach McEwen. Uh, not necessarily because I expected a whole lot out of him, but it, he's a guy that needed to have, I think, the most impressive camp mm-hmm. uh, because of the amount of, guys who are base who are more or less fighting to take his spot on this team. And you wanted to be able, you wanted to see him come up and put in the effort to uh, get to, to get to not let that spot get taken. And right now it looks like he is very much on the outside end. There are a lot of players who you would argue are much likelier to stay on this group right now. Uh, one of the big ones I think is really getting in the way, going to get in the way for McEwen is Jonah is Gadjevich, who we talked about before. Uh, because uh, Gadjevich is a former second-round pick, you and they've already lost Cole Lynn from that same draft uh, to Seattle to Seattle earlier in the expansion draft. Do you and if you send Gadjevich down, he has to go through waivers. So do you really want to risk that? And do you really want to risk losing another second-round pick uh, for nothing? Uh, whereas you could send down Zach McEwen, and the odds on him clearing are probably much higher. I would say right now McEwen is probably on the outside in after a couple years of being part of the NHL group. I did want to ask you a little bit about the Pudkolzin pick specifically because like I, you mentioned it a little bit that you said uh, that you felt maybe like the expectations were running a little high or maybe running a little high. You feel like I called him the Russian Mark Stone on this podcast. So the expectation was, was pretty high. That's true. I I will say that I think with Podkolzin, and I'm sure I'm sure you agree with me on this. That it's like you know he's getting he will he. I'm not super worried. Like obviously, I see why people were expecting a little bit more out of him right out of the gate. And um, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried because you know I think he's again he's figuring it out. The preseason is frankly built perfectly for him, where he's going to get opportunities to play against uh, uh NH, uh NHL guys for the first time. And he's learning how to how to play that game. His obviously his foot speed needs to pick up a little bit. But I mean, if I remember correctly, I don't remember. I don't think when 
like Elias Pettersson came in in his rookie year. I could be totally wrong here, but I don't think his preseason was particularly impressive. I don't remember like anything he had a about that plays. preseason. So yeah, you, you, I think you, he had a, you tell me. I think he had a couple like cool looking plays, but I don't. I think one of the things was he didn't really like put up any points, and then. Uh, and then the second the regular season started, he came in, he scored three goals in his first two games. So he was looking pretty, he looked pretty sharp. Uh, it took him, a, it didn't take him too long to get going once the real game started. So I'd say with good Coles in, uh, in particular, uh, give it time. He'll get there. He'll figure it out. See, I guess for my most disappointing Canuck in the preseason, I could have picked someone like uh, a Zach McEwen. I could have picked someone like a Luke Shen. Or 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 someone along those you lines. Went for but the hype. You went for the I hype. Went, guys, I went. More than I the... wasn't expecting much from Zach McEwen in the first place, just based on what right. happened last season, right? Like it was it was pretty clear to me that Travis Green and the coaching staff lost trust in Zach McEwen at, at one point in that regular season. Luke Shen again. I was expecting me a depth guy, so I can't be out here saying, "Oh, Luke Shen." Most disappointed, Kanaki sucks. Yeah, but yeah. it's I wasn't expecting much to begin with. I was expecting a good amount from Vasily Pod Colson and it's been a bit below standards. I'm not worried. I'm not, you know, me saying Vasily Pod Colson has been my most disappointing Canuck this preseason doesn't mean he's going to be an absolute bust and he's going to be out of the league in two years. Yeah. I just no. think relative to my expectations, again, they may be, that might be my fault. I was calling the Russian Mark Stone on this podcast. I have to give him a bit more time, but so far not the best preseason, but there's still time. And he can, like you said, you can still have a brilliant, brilliant, regular season. And if he does have a brilliant regular season, no one will remember this preseason for Vasily Potkoles. Just like I had no idea what uh, Elias Patterson did in the 2018 preseason because he won the Calder. Yeah. Yeah. You, we had, we, we're downgrading uh, Colson now to the Russian Sean Couturier. It's uh, just a That's little still bit. pretty good. Just, Maybe just, if he yeah, works out to play center. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just under there. I think I, I, yeah, I think it's interesting how you and I, I guess, interpreted the question differently in the sense of you went more for the, like the big name guy, you went for the big name guys who have not done, who have either done really well and, or, or have, uh, underwhelmed kind of I thing. Put, I, I could have put OEL for my most impressive uh, Vancouver Canuck. I think I think he's going to be a great person to run that second power play unit. And you know what? I know this is going out of vogue, Lachlan, but the, the, the two defensemen on the power play is kind of going out of style, right? The Canucks could yes. re realistically run on the first power play, Quint Hughes and OEL up there. And would that be such a bad idea? Like they're both really good puck movers. They could both get their shots through. OEL, especially on the power play, has been very impressive. I think that's possible, uh, provided, of course, that I think specifically Jack Rathbone is ready to take over power play too, because you still need somebody back there because you can't have OEL out there for two full minutes trying to run both, right? So I, I think it is possible that you could see Hughes well, kind you of can do, like him Hughes activate and Hughes as like do, fourth forward kind of, yeah, well, kind you of can, theory. You can, Lachlan, you can do Quinn Hughes and OEL on the first pairing. Uh, of the power play and then Jack Rathbone on the second. Right. You have you the options there. You you can do that, but uh, that's up to the coaching staff. And if they believe that Rathbone is ready for that responsibility, because that's a big responsibility, right? When you're run, when you're quarterbacking the power play, that's you're in charge of making sure it's looking it, that making basically making the calls during the, during the the 45 seconds that you're out there. So, that, and that's a lot to put on a kid who's only played about 10 games so far. Quinn Hughes uh, got in there pretty quickly. So it is possible. Uh, he was playing power play minutes, I think right out of the gate in his like first full rookie season. But yeah, that's, that's going to be a Travis green decision uh, based entirely on whether on how ready he feels Rathbone is for that responsibility. 
Yeah, and I, and I think another player that's been impressive is you mentioned earlier Jonah Gadjevich. I think you know they're going to have to take a, a long look in terms of if they want to put this guy on on waivers. And I think disappointing has been Oli Levy, another one, because you know what? Like that's a player who I, I look. We've mentioned it before on previous episodes of this podcast since I've started uh, on Locked On Canucks. I'm not a big Oli Levy guy. I thought this guy was done and dusted, washed whatever you want to say, but I was expecting, you know, a bit more fight, a bit more, you know, because th- this is his last chance to, you know, cement himself as an NHL regular. And I don't think he obviously did any favors with uh, with the bag skate. Travis Green even said as much, and he hasn't looked that good so far in the preseason. It, it's the same issue that I don't think has been corrected that we've seen last season, especially is he gets to be on the rush way too much. Every time you can just beat Ole Ole. He's a smart player. But he doesn't have the ability to stop players on the rush. And that is pretty important in today's NHL uh, if you're a defenseman. So I would say Ole Levy as well. Uh disappointing for me. But again, I didn't put I didn't pick him because I wasn't expecting much to to start. I went, yeah, I can and I and I see where you went for that again. Cause I went for the specifically, I went for the the guys who I either want needed needed a good camp or definitely or i wasn't expecting to have a good camp kind of thing and then have come out and shown so we went in different directions in that and yeah i would put olio levy probably also in a guy who was least impressive in my department just because of the fact that he needed it he needed to have a good camp he's done he looked i think better in the calgary game i think he i think he made a couple smart plays one of which ended up uh as a jonah gadjevich goal um, and he's going to get another opportunity tonight against Seattle. But, uh, right now, you know, he's, he's on the outside. He's gotta, he's gotta have a big night tonight. He's gotta have, uh, a big night in whatever the last two Oilers in the last two Oilers games. If he preseason games, if he, that's where, uh, if that's what they decide to do with him, I, I think if he's, when, if he's cut, it's going to be one of the very last ones. Cause they're going to give him every opportunity to try and prove them not to, uh, so we'll see how he does in the final three here. Yeah, and we're about to get into a little bit of a preview of the Canucks Kraken game, first game for the Kraken in Vancouver uh, tonight. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online AG. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts this episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump usually costs around $353 from a chain store, but on Rock Auto, it's only 216 Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. And you can go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs by going to rockauto.com right now and seeing all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so the Vancouver Canucks are playing the Seattle Kraken tonight at 7 p.m. here in Vancouver, and I want to apologize. Tonight is not the actual first game for the Seattle Kraken in Vancouver. That counts for the first regular season game. I'm not a believer in this is the preseason counts as the first game for something. No, so it does yeah, not. That, it that, does I just not. want to apologize to all my all the listeners out there for that egregious egregious error. Uh, <laughs> the Seattle Kraken tonight are they're 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 uh, icing pretty much. A nearly full NHL lineup again for uh, for this game against the Vancouver Canucks. It seems like the Kraken uh, er- early doors are really, really taking this this rivalry seriously. Second straight game where they're icing a a, a full strength lineup for the most part. Uh, Canucks much closer to uh, the final roster, but I don't think still uh, a full strength lineup like the Kraken. Like they're they're playing no. players like Carson Folk, Sheldon Drees, uh, Kyle Burrows, Zach McEwen. Uh, I, I might have to right after we're done recording this, Lachlan, uh, put some money down on the Seattle Kraken money line on Bet Online AG. Like this is not, this is not a very good Vancouver Canucks lineup, at least compared to what the Seattle Kraken are facing. I'm, I'm on the Canucks PR website right now. It looks like Justin Dowling is going to be playing, and you know players like that, and including the ones we just mentioned. So, uh, yeah, I may, <laughs> I might, I, I'm very tempted to go on Bet Online AG right after and dump a bunch of money on the Seattle Kraken uh, to win tonight. I mean, yeah, they're going to, well, the Canucks are going to be in a spot where they're going to have a couple guys who are trying out for kind of top six spots or trying out in a, in a different area. You're still going to get Bo Horvat, Tanner Pearson and Nils Hoaglander back in the mix. Uh, Fisley Bud Colson's playing tonight. So he's going to probably end up getting like second, second line uh, opportunities here, yep. albeit with say either a Jason Dickinson uh, or uh, other, or uh, say maybe Justin Dowling or Carson Folkton in there kind of th- thrown in. I think more likely Dickinson is probably the guy there. Um, no JT Miller. Essentially, the Canucks in this game are missing potentially their top line to start the regular season. They are missing their potential whole fill line. No Connor Garland as well. Uh, mostly this is this is very much a tryout game. This is very much the case of look, you're playing in front of you're playing in front of a home crowd. You're playing against the Kraken, who are again. Icing a full NHL lineup mostly because they don't have a lot of farm guys as it is. And they're a team that is literally just getting to know each other. They have no prior uh, connections more or less with one another. So they're trying to build team chemistry from the ground up. Whereas a lot of these guys, a lot of these Canucks and uh, AHL guys have played together for a few years at least. So you're looking at a case here where the Canucks are basically asked, are basically encouraging their, uh, their, their, uh, fringe players to show up and prove that they can play against proper NHL competition. And that's a smart way to look at it. That's a smart way to approach this type of game. You're going to get last change as the home team. So you're going to get, so Travis green is going to get the prime matchups he wants and is going to put, and players are going to be playing against the lineups that the coaching staff feels that they are best suited to match up well against. And that means it's up to those players who are on the who are on the the outskirts of the lineup to try and force force them to uh, force themselves into the conversation a little bit farther. It's going to be a big game for guys like Olio Levy, like uh, like uh, Jack Rathbone playing in his fifth game, like Luke Shen. There's the list goes on. There's a lot of guys in this group who need tonight to go well for them, and 
they need to, if anything, they need to, they just need to show that they can punch above their weight class at this point and be able to prove that they can play above what they're the sum of their parts. Yeah, this is this is the type of preseason game that feels like the last chance for the aforementioned Ole Levy, Zach McEwen. Uh, it could be the first and last chance for a guy like Carson Folk, right? Like that's the type of lineup their their ice in the Vancouver Canucks is a show me what you can do lineup, and we can maybe keep you around in camp for a few more days, right? Yeah, like in the case of Carson Folk, for example, he's a guy that was been on IR. He played the last game, did okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, I think it's pretty clear that especially at center, the Canucks are doing all. Okay. See, I don't even know he played last game. That's how unnoticeable he was. Well, there you go. He did play last game. He is, uh, he's looking, he's, he's obviously going to Abbotsford. I don't think there's any, uh, question there, but you, you do want to see if maybe he surprises you. You want to see if maybe he comes up with a huge game, maybe can win, win, win his way into the lineup over Justin Dowling or someone else like in that who's currently in the the front runner. Um, I think you're going to see probably, yeah, this is probably a last chance. I think for a guy like Sheldon Drees, who's going to be, um, who's probably going to Abbotsford pretty soon here too. The defense is, it's weird because the defense is both not set and also very set in the sense of like, there's very much a set, like eight guy, like eight or nine guys who are in the running for that spot. And it's not really, uh, Sheldon Drees or Kyler or Kyle Burroughs. um, uh, so you just want to see if maybe they, again, it's all about the, can you, can you do more than we expect? Can you, uh, show up and have the biggest game of your life right at this kind of moment in time where there, where that defense is in flux and prove that we we should give you a spot over, say a guy, a more established guy like Luke Shen. Yeah. And for Luke Shen specifically, I still can't get that image of him just getting destroyed by the Calgary flames uh, last Friday. It was not a good look. So this is a big game for him as well, right? You, you play a solid game against a pretty good uh, lineup at the Seattle Kraken or icing. Maybe you get a, a bit more consideration for that right side, especially with Travis Hamannick out, because there's going to be a battle now really for multiple right shot defenseman roles. Yeah. Shen is uh, going up against the Kraken for the second time. The first time did not go so well either. It wasn't as bad as the Calgary game, but it wasn't great. And this is a good, like, this is a good chance to like prove the fluke kind of thing and to try and be like, okay, that was a one-off that those games were one-offs. I'm going to come back and have a much stronger game. The kind of game that people are much more accustomed to seeing from me. And I think Shen's up for that challenge. I'm interested to see who they pair him with. I, I would be surprised to see, um, I would, I'd be surprised to see him playing with say a Jack Rathbone again. I think it's more likely that you'll see him probably something like maybe with an Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, and in, instead, um, cause right now they, they need to see what he looks like with an NHL defenseman. And if you can find one defense, like one partner that you can clearly, uh, have good chemistry with that r- sets you up well. And I don't think it's worked so far with Rathbone and Shen, um, so OEL might, as much as OEL Pullman seems like a, like a solidified thing at this point, it might be a case where Shen needs to, uh, needs to find some success and some chemistry there and maybe to maybe save himself in this lineup here. Yeah. And we'll have our reactions and thoughts of this preseason game against the Seattle Kraken on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Canucks, but that has it for, uh, today's episode of Locked On Canucks. Thank you for making this podcast your first listen every day. And now make sure your second listen of the day is Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight 
and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms. My name is Nick Bondi. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Bondi. Lachlan, where can people find you and your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lock of the Crease. You can also find uh, me at my website, lockinthecrease.com, where I post uh, blogs, uh, articles, and uh, sometimes other podcasts. Yes, and for everyone out there, this episode will be free and full on our YouTube page, so make sure to subscribe to that. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.